Daniel. And I'm Pat. And this is Y2K Movies. A podcast about the films of the 21st century. Uh, today's episode, we are focusing on The Empty Man, released theatrically October 23rd, 2020. There's a bit of a story there, though. Uh, it follows an ex-cop, played by James Badgedale, who, upon investigation into a missing girl, discovers a secret cult. Written and directed by David Pryor, based on the Boom graphic novel by Cullen Bunn. Uh, first-time director David Pryor, who's done a fair bit of TV work, also had an impressive and lengthy behind-the-scenes resume, working on the films of David Fincher, and I think that's very evident in this movie. Uh, it's a good thing. It's one of its the movie's selling points. One of the movie's non-selling points, Daniel, you motherfucker, is the <laughs> fact that it's two hours and 15 minutes long. <laughs> Holy shit. What is... It's a, a fucking World War II epic? No. It's a horror movie from 2020. Uh, this is, like, unprecedented. This is groundbreaking. How the fuck did you come across this movie? And what possessed you to sit through it for two hours and 15 minutes when you weren't recording a podcast episode about it? I know why I sat through it. I like <laughs> to hear the sound of my own voice. <laughs> what possible explanation could you have had to sit through this movie? How did you even find out about it? I never even heard of this fucking thing until you brought it up. So I was looking up a list of recent horror films uh, like The Void. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, and then also like The Endless. Basically, if I could remember correctly, I Google searched cosmic horror movies. And then I watched a video on the like top 10 or whatever cosmic movies in like the last, I think it was like 10 years or something. And it was number i think two or three on the wow. list okay and whenever i saw it i was like how have i not heard about this because it seems like something i would definitely hear about uh yeah and then whenever like like i guess it got like wrapped up and you know and the uh the 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 pandemic I would say because it was even distributed by 20th century. And I was like, I I don't know. Like, I felt like I was like, there was something, there had to be something in my life going on uh, where I missed this because usually with movie, especially this, like this is a movie that I probably would have went to the theaters to watch. Well, yeah. So uh, first of all, I want to say that I know normally we um, are very cavalier about spoilers when we talk about movies. But um, I don't want to do spoilers with this one because I, I really genuinely hope that people go see it. Um, it was it's 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 a great movie, and I had no idea about anything about this movie. You had suggested it, so I sat down sight unseen and just watched it, and I'm so glad that I did. So um, I'm excited to talk about it, but I, I want to kind of maybe not give away the last twenty minutes or so. Um, you Are know, you the sure, big... like not the last hour. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, exactly because wow. Um, it, it was long. I'm not gonna lie. I think whenever I started it, I did not realize how long it was, and I actually had to stop because it was like one or two in the morning. I was like, fuck, I'm not gonna finish this till like three. And the next day, I got off work, and I was like, and then like right when I got home, I like pressed play. <laughs> so, yeah. but I will say. Uh, I wasn't disappointed. Like I wasn't upset that I had to sit there for two hours. Well, a little, a little longer than two hours. But 
yeah, we could have cut off a little bit here and there, but I actually felt like it. There was so much, I guess, like anxiety and dread watching this movie that, like, uh, not trying to. I'm not going to really, I guess, talk about scenes, but every scene that was like kind of like drawn out, uh, to me, it was meant to be drawn out so that you had that emotional connection with it. You were supposed to be feeling, uh, whatever that actor was feeling. Or like character, yeah. So there, like, so, there was like a long. There was a lot of periods of just kind of looking into negative space, right? And and let's let's talk about the uh, the length and the release real quick because that is a, definitely a part of this movie's story. Um, when they test screened it after it was so originally it was set to be released in 2017, and when they oh, did test, shit. yeah, when, when they did test screenings. Uh, people hated it what yes and they um tried to cut it down to a 90 minute version of the film which is cutting out like 45 minutes and people hate it even more because you like you said there's you can't it's just a big fucking story like i don't know that you can't really cut anything out of it um now and and i think before they should set to make this thing they should have realized what they had on their hands like they had to have a long ass script right and two hours and 15 minutes for a horror movie is a long fucking time but even then this this movie uh covers a lot of ground and from any it, it goes through a lot various evolutions the story evolves over the course of this two hour and, and 15 minutes the movie that you start off watching is not the same movie you're watching 25 minutes later and it's not the same movie that you're watching 25 minutes after that and it's not the same movie you're watching 25 minutes after that it has a very the the, the story keeps getting bigger it keeps expanding and by the end of it you are in somehow the same place, but yet a completely different space than when you started. Um, and that is a testament to uh, storytelling, uh, the journey that it takes the audience on. Um, you know, it, it manages to be compelling the whole way through. And I think a lot of it is the cues that it takes from David Fincher and that kind of style and that kind of uh, energy and, 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 just its vibe right and that's why you know you look at fincher movies you look at zodiac you look at fight club you look at even the social network those are all two hour plus movies you know what i mean so he's kind of a seven yeah he so he's a master there's a lot of seven in this there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of eight millimeter too i saw seven and i also saw uh i actually did see a little bit of zodiac uh yeah with with the with, with the main guy the cop Right, uh, but I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I will. I'm not gonna lie. Like, yeah, it probably could have been cut down a little bit. But I, however, I think I enjoyed it not being cut down, and uh, it took me. You know, I'll sit through a two-hour Marvel movie. Why can't I sit through this? So actually, fuck, Marvel movies are getting three hours long now. So like, I was, I was willing to take that challenge, and. I will say that uh, I'm not going to compare it to like, well, I'm not going to rate it on the same level and tier as like a David Fincher film, but holy shit, this, this movie right here was like, to me, it actually kind of blew my mind with the way it made me feel personally. I do not get creeped out with movies. This movie was kind of unsettling. 
Yeah, it was. Like um, I like I I really don't like when it comes to horror and stuff, like yeah, I understand what's supposed to be scary and yes it is like one of my favorite genres. But like this one right here, like actually made me feel like one, you already know there's some cult out there doing this shit. But like I, I didn't. You don't I, think I, so? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. You mean like in real life? Um, oh, I'm sure there's all oh, kinds no, yeah, of... Yeah, that's what I'm talking about in real life. Now, in the movie, though, like, that's what it was. It actually, it kind of surprised me. Like, I I tried, I did not know anything about the movie. I didn't watch a trailer or anything. I just saw whenever I was watching that YouTube video that it came up. I, I turned it off. I looked it up where I could find it, found it, played it. <laughs> and that's usually what I do with movies. I try not to really watch the trailers. Uh, I want to go in with a pretty blank mind. Uh, and that's what I got to do with this. And it was like, <laughs> it was fucking yeah. awesome. So the guy that, uh, and I think that it, it, it has this kind of under the radar uh, feel to it because like I said, it, it, I mean, it, it's a Fox movie that got a theatrical release. And that was the other thing too. So when they did finally release it, it was in October of 2020, which was like, you know, we're still in pandemic mode at that point. Like the movie theaters were open, but I'm sure it ran for no, like October while. 2020. I feel like that was right in the middle of it. Yeah, and that's when it got or it right got. at the beginning of reopening, I should say. Right. Well, the the movie theaters only really closed for a little bit. I mean, I don't right. have the timeline for that, but I mean, I I know I was going to the movies like the whole fucking time. Like as soon as the movie's back, that's exactly what I needed. But I was working too. So like I was, I wasn't one of these people that was like quarantined at home. I had right. to work all the time, but uh, I, I had no idea this was out there and, and definitely didn't see it, but it, it's got, it, it's got like an under the radar um, vibe to it because the lead actor, um, James Badge Dale is, he's been in a couple things. Uh, he was in the departed. Um, I knew him from 24 I was a big 24 fan and he played Chase Edmonds in season three who uh, fans affectionately called baby, uh, baby Bauer. He was Jack Bauer's like young sidekick who eventually went on to um, marry his daughter. Although he never appeared in any other seasons. Uh, he had a small part in Iron Man three, small part in world war Z. Uh, he's been around, he's been in a couple things, but this was the biggest role that I got to see him in. Right. Well, and, I the role that I first like right when I saw him, I recognized him from the Pacific. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would have been that was the first thing that I thought about, and then uh, yeah, that was basically oh the Departed. Yes, but like he didn't really have that big of a role. Well, he. I mean. Well, he, he yeah he, he did, but he, it was kind of overshadowed. Yeah, he pops up at the end. I think he's the guy that kills Leonardo DiCaprio. But like, yeah. it's it's real. Like, wait, what? Like that guy? The, well, first of all, the fucking Departed Man. Come on, that that yeah. movie that was that was uh, during that summer of two thousand seven <laughs> <laughs> when I watched that movie, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so he's kind of a uh, you know he's not a huge name which didn't help the film, but I think it kind of, it might not have helped the film um, box office wise or publicity wise, but I think it helped the film when you're watching it because you don't know, uh, you don't know who he is. You don't immediately associate him with other things. So uh, as much as his character soon very literally becomes like a man without a past, um, Watching the film, he kind of already is one because you don't you don't associate him with anything else immediately. Uh, 
which was good. Sometimes actors get too big where they can't really play certain roles, and he doesn't right. have that problem. Nope. Um, but yeah, so the film starts out uh, several years in the past with a group of hikers in the, I don't want to get it wrong, uh, I don't know, the, the, the Asian mountains. <laughs> I don't know if it's the Himalayas or fucking what. I was going to say, I don't know if it's the Himalayas, but I'm pretty sure it was close to India. Uh, uh, Eastern Himalayas. Okay. Okay, the Bhutan. And uh, it's a group of guys, and one of them falls through a fucking hole <laughs> and finds himself in a cave with a, it looks like giant bones, a giant skeleton. Well, he kind of gets called to it. Right. Yeah. He hears this whistling sound, and he, he falls through there, and the rest of his party pulls him out. And then um, they're able, he's in a catatonic state. They're able to get him back to a, a like a, a abandoned cabin nearby where they ride out an impending storm. Um, hijinks ensue. And uh, after a 22-minute cold open, so that means no credits of any kind, just 22 minutes into the movie, uh, we finally, you know, the Empty Man starts and we get the credit sequence and we're transported unto present day, quote-unquote, you know, which, whatever, uh, where Detective James LaSombra, played by James Badgedale, is a retired police officer, or former police officer who is investigating the disappearance of his next door neighbor's daughter. And so the, the first 22 minutes are them in the Himalayas. Right. And then the next portion of the movie is like this missing persons case. Right. And then it kind of grows exponentially from there. Uh, there's a cult that's involved. He's on the trail of the cult, but the cult isn't just a bunch of, it felt kind of true detective. -y. Um, because it's it's a bigger cult, like they have office space, they have promotional <laughs> materials. It's not just like some underground weirdos that communicate via graffiti on like alley walls or anything. Like it's very right. well structured and organized. Um, he takes a trip out to one of their facilities in the middle of the forest preserve. He witnesses some crazy shit. Scene that was done very very well. That whole thing in the woods um, with the stars and everything was just. It was one of the best sequences in the movie. And um, things kind of go from there. I don't want to give too much in past that point, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of where I picked up for a little bit of Seven and uh, Zodiac for me. Right. Uh, had those like little tie ins, uh, especially Seven, to be honest. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the fact that, like, <laughs> that he was like a like kind of like a drunk a drunken cop like i kind of enjoyed that because and i think i did because <laughs> this is uh you could say that this is a cosmic horror and if sure. you know you know if you go by any lovecraftian like detective shit especially in gaming it's always set in like the 20s and 30s and the detective or the cop that's like, like on a the morphine case, addict yeah he's like, you're, he's like a fucking addict so like yeah. this is like perfect for that but I enjoyed that there was like this abyss or void. I enjoyed that it was calling out to him and every, I mean, it was calling out to whoever would, you know, listen basically. But, uh, it, it, I think it was just, I don't know. Maybe it was because I watched this movie in like complete darkness. 
And I, uh, so whenever I got home and pressed play, I actually pressed played on my phone and I had my earbuds in. So like this film was like in my face, uh, basically surround sound. <laughs> it was just that it was the only thing I was taking in total darkness. And I could feel the dread. I could feel that like this movie is about something bigger than like humanity, older than humanity. It was, it was just, it, it runs deep into the veins of, uh, whatever this the the empty man is and i was very happy with it to the point where like i wish that it came out this year so i could have saw it in theaters and it would probably be one of my favorite movies of the year um i would actually possibly put this in at least in the last few years i would definitely put this as one of the top horror films of the last couple years um, even if you don't want to put horror, it's, it's 100% like a psychological thriller. So I'd, gi- I'd give it horror, um, horror? Okay, a psychological horror. I would, I would combine it with, uh, and I'm with true detective lots. It's very, very true detective season one, of course, which is uh, the best. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely, um, if, if you want to, if I had to combine it as, you know, they always, they always, they teach you like in screenwriting classes, like when you're going to pitch an idea, you got to find two existing properties to combine because that way people know what you're talking about. Right. Right. So I, I would say this is definitely true detective meets angel heart. And with the angel heart comparison, we're probably giving away a little bit of the ending, which pretend you didn't hear that. Um, <laughs> I just don't think about that. Cause I want to talk about angel heart a little bit more. Have you seen angel heart? I haven't. Okay. So angel heart is, uh, a movie where um, Robert De Niro plays Satan, and he hires Mickey uh, Rourke, who's a uh, substance, uh, who's a drunken detective, to find a missing girl. And I believe the missing girl is Lisa Bonet, or she's his girlfriend, or something. It's the movie that got Lisa Bonet kicked off the Cosby Show. Okay. Yeah, and. Um, because they didn't want her to do that movie because she's nude. And I think she fucks with like chicken blood on her or some shit. Real nice. crazy. Real crazy. Check out Angel Heart is like from the early 80s. So it definitely doesn't necessarily belong proper on this podcast. But if you haven't seen it, seen it, it's worth checking out. Uh, and it has very, uh, very, a lot of the same shades to it that, that the Empty Man has. So, um, yeah, I think that like when you talk about the the feeling of dread and kind of the cosmic horror. It is very Lovecraftian in that way without being Lovecraftian. It does not uh, really subscribe to the mythos. It kind of creates its own mythos, which I will say is kind of the weakest part of the story. Uh, It gets, you know, this movie, like I said, it keeps evolving and it gets by on its, style and momentum more than anything it's an improbable story right and you kind of forgive that because it does what it does everything else so well that you don't kind of like when we were talking about the stylist and it's like how does she get the bodies downstairs how does she fit her hair so well under the scalps you know what i mean like you just kind of just push that stuff away like what they're what they're really the, the 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 explanation that you get at the end and everything is explained eventually um the explanation that you get at the end is kind of just like what it doesn't ruin the movie though right 
does not ruin the movie. I would say the ending is the weakest part, but it's like yeah. I wouldn't say it's like. I mean, compared to like three fourths of the film, like I feel like you're about to fuck it. It's like, hey, we need to buckle up, Buttercup. Like this shit's about to get fucking crazy. And then the ending, you know, it's kind of it's a little softer. You know, it's not as uh, it's not as grabbing you by the waist and really taking you to town like I thought it was about to be. <laughs> but it is it, it is still good, and I and I'm okay. I was very okay with the ending. Um, the rest yeah. of the movie. 100% made up for it so you know and honestly like I-, I feel that way with a lot of movies like you either get one or the other you either get a good first half or you get a bad second half or you get this which is it's most of the movies good and just slightly the last 20 minutes or so was okay <laughs> right I mean I think I-, I don't want to one of the things I-, I genuinely did enjoy about this movie is the scale of it. And that's something that is uh, clearly represented in its running time, but it is a, a, an epic big horror movie. And we don't get those. I think, you know, I, we just, uh, you know, you, you look at, a, I, I get excited when I see these horror movies that are 75 minutes long. Cause I, I can go about my day and get other shit done. And that's fine. And that's what we're getting more and more of. And I think that's a good thing. But it's nice as kind of a palate cleanser to see a two-hour and 15-minute horror movie and one that's consistent and effective throughout. This is a long ride. This is not a 75-minute movie. It's a two-hour and 15-minute movie. And there's peaks and valleys to it. It tells a very big story. But it does it effectively. It does it well. And usually when you see movies this length that are darker in nature, it's something like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Or it's something like Seven, right? It's something more terrestrial. It's about a serial killer. It's about human, and and there's drama, and there's all this stuff. And this has that, but it also has a very clear element of the supernatural at play, too. And it was refreshing just to see somebody attempt the scale and scope of that type of story. Uh, in modern cinema. And I think that that in and of itself deserves to be rewarded and watched. You know, uh, that's why I want to recommend this movie because you don't get movies like that very often. If we don't support them when they do come out, it's a shame that it tanked at the box office and that it was in and out of theaters in two weeks in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Um, unfortunately, I don't know how much of a, a blockbuster this would have really stood the chance of being, you know, but um, hopefully it becomes a cult following and, and, and does well in, in streaming and all that stuff. Yeah, well, see that the the only thing that really sucks about that is that it will have to be streaming because it did not have a DVD release. Oh man! Yeah, and uh, I watched it on HBO Max, and I want to say because it is 20th century, you can actually watch this probably on Disney Plus as well. You know, it's crazy. Um, it, the The Wikipedia page does say that I watched it on HBO Max too. But uh, it says that it was released in the UK uh, on Disney Plus. I haven't checked the my stateside with Disney Plus. Yeah, I, I never checked the Disney. I watched. I saw it on HBO Max. I just went to HBO Max. I didn't worry about going to Disney. But uh, yeah, I was really upset because honestly, I tried to order it. <laughs> I tried to buy it because I wanted it for my collection. I was like, this is really awesome. Uh, what I will probably do because I actually I I probably will touch this movie again. Uh, probably this year because you know we got 
I have a couple friends that want to see it, so I told them that I'd rewatch it with them. Uh, but I think I might buy it from Vudu and just kind of say fuck it, just so I can have it. But I mean, I'll probably wait a little bit since I have HBO Max too. But uh, I, I'm disappointed that it didn't get a DVD release. I'm a, I like having hard copies of shit. Yeah. So, but it's crazy to me that it didn't, because you would, th- and honestly, like I'd be really interested in the. Uh, the special features on it. Like I kind of want, I would like to listen to the commentary of this movie. I would too. I, I thought about maybe picking up the graphic novel. I did it too, is, actually. Yeah. It, it, like I said, it was based on the boom graphic novel by Colin yeah. Bunn. So it, it is technically a comic book movie. Although I was thinking like, that's something I kept thinking back to like how much of this is in the comic or like, well, this they, they so have a big. tie-in. They have a, a comic to the movie tie-in. So, I, I want to get into that. I, I'd like to read it. I need to see if my local place has it or if I just need to buy it on Amazon. But, uh, yeah, I, I wonder how that would tie in. Because, you know, they actually did that with Godzilla, too. They did right when the legendary Godzilla... Actually, I think there's a tie-in movie for every legendary movie right now. A tie-in comic for every legendary movie? Yeah, like for every legendary Godzilla movie. Okay. So when it like when uh it explains a little bit more of like Kong not in a in a Godzilla versus like or King of the Monsters or whatever that one uh with Ghidorah and everything or Ghidorah however you want to pronounce it but uh that one Kong never answered to the alpha call and a lot of people were like well why didn't he do that and the tie-in comic actually explains it so uh yeah but yeah, there's like it. It basically just helps explain some plot holes that were missed, uh, or that they just knew, or didn't have time, or didn't want to write. <laughs> so they just le- left it for the comics to figure that out. My favorite, uh, my favorite example of an essential tie-in comic is uh, Southland Tales. I don't know. Have you ever seen that movie? I haven't. Oh my gosh! You know Donnie Darko? Yeah. All right. Well, this is by uh, same guy that did Donnie Darko. I think is I don't know is David Kelly or Richard Richard Kelly. I always fucking forget. Uh, you got but, the Rock in there. Oh yeah, Donnie Dark dude. Or no, uh, Southland Tales. Yeah, Richard Kelly written directed. Richard Kelly. Yeah. This was his second movie, um, and it's this massive, massive epic. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, The Rock, Stephen uh, or Kevin Smith, Christopher Lambert. Uh, Mandy Moore, a ton of people from SNL. Oh man, of... Mandy Moore. Yeah, it is uh, Sean William Scott playing a dual role. Uh, Sean William Scott, Justin Timberlake. It is. It is this man. So, so Richard Kelly made Donnie Darko, right? This right. This, he was this indie darling made this really weird sci-fi movie, which honestly we should probably t- we should probably do that. At some oh, point. for sure. It's 2001, but like you know, what the fuck? I mean, that's um, good. We should. We gotta get. We gotta get all the way from 2000 up. Yeah. Um. So comes off comes off of Donnie Darko, and this next movie he writes the script. He's got a ton of uh, ton of famous people that want to be in it, right? He's got all this like carb launch. They're gonna let him do whatever the fuck he wants. He writes this movie that is basically. Not understandable unless you read the comic book series leading up to it. <laughs> mm. And it releases at Cannes. And 
Some people say that people walked out. And some people say you got a standing ovation. It is the biggest nerd fucking movie of all time, Southland Tales. And it's become this cult classic now. And uh, it is like, it, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic movie. But honestly, I don't know if you haven't read the comic, if you would even. It moves really fast if you haven't read the comic. And it's one of those essential tie-in things where it's like, Dude, you can either sell movie tickets or you could sell comic books, but you can't sell both. And even Marvel will tell you that now. You know, of, right. of all the of all the money that Marvel makes out of their movies, I'm sure comic book sales have gone up, but they're not nearly the same. It's it's apples and bananas, man. You know, just because people go to see comic book movies doesn't mean they're in comic books. So, right, honestly, uh, I, even if it would go down to that, I think uh, when it comes to like the two front runners, Marvel and DC, I. I I don't really read either. <laughs> I read more. Uh, was it Boom and Indie and stuff like that? Dark Horse. Well, actually, I think Dark Horse may have got bought out, but, uh, but yeah, yeah I, 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 I read the I read the more the smaller ones. I hear you. So right. I don't mind. I don't mind Marvel and all that, but. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, I feel like we didn't really spoil anything. Hopefully, it was enough to get you guys on it. Uh, right. I would, I would definitely... This is a movie that I would recommend to all of my friends who are into this kind of uh, horror thriller. If, if, you, if, if you like Seven, you're going to like this movie. If you like True Detective, you're going to like this Actually, movie. I was going to say that, too. If you like True Detective, you will like this movie a lot. With, with a more... Uh, now, granted... James Badgedale, as much as I love him as an actor, he is no Woody Harrelson or uh, McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. There's going to be no cool memes from this of a bug-eyed Matthew McConaughey smoking a cigarette. Like, <laughs> and you're not going to have Alex Daddarino in it. But it is a more satisfying ending, I, I think. As much as the ending is a little wonky, True Detective really leaves you hanging, whereas this one gives you just a little bit more dick. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah. again, you do have... You know, Alex Daddario in it. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. But you know what I'm talking about? Woody Harrelson's mistress. Oh, God. I haven't. I, I'm vaguely aware of what you're talking about. Oh. I yeah. mean, I, I, dude, I watched that shit when it aired. And then I think I saw the ending and I was like, fuck. <laughs> and I never watched it again. Oh, dude, you, you should know? definitely retouch on that. But yeah, uh, you'll like it. <clears throat> you'll definitely like it. But yeah, she, uh, I like her. I like her as an actress. She's in a lot of upcoming shit. She was in, uh, I actually, I think the first time I saw her was in Percy Jackson. Oh, I haven't seen any of those movies. But she's, she's been in, she's been in a lot. She actually was in a, uh, a horror movie a couple years ago that was pretty good. Um, I think it's like summoning the darkness. Oh, we summoned the darkness. Yep. Dude, you're three for three. I still don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh damn! Uh, let's see. hold on. <clears throat> Did you watch Baywatch? No, no. Okay. Oh my god, it keeps going. This person could not even, as famous as she might be. I, I don't know. Oh man, I can't. I think that's it. Uh, Did you watch Dying a Gunfight? That just came out like last year. No, it was okay. It wasn't like terrible, but I mean, it's watchable. Uh, yeah. No, I think that's. I think that's all. Like I could tell you from. Because everything else, she would have been kind of young. 
Ish. Woody Harrelson's mistress in True Detective. I yeah. honestly, I think I will give True Detective a rewatch because I love the first season. The first season was like was like exactly what I'm I'm into. Uh, the second season, I dug. I thought it was very maligned for some reason, and I didn't think it was as bad as people made it out to be. Um, and then the third one, I never, I didn't see the whole way through. I think I started to watch it and then I just kind of lost interest. I never finished or, it. Or I moved or something. I don't know. It's, something came up and I didn't finish it, but so I hear I it's never, supposed to be pretty good. You know, I never finished, uh, the third one, but I will say the first one, no matter what, that's what that shit slaps. Right. <laughs> that is, it, that is what, what people are here for. Right, and there's definitely shades of that in The Empty Man. So for fans of True Detective, H.P. Lovecraft, David Fincher, and third season of 24, definitely give this film a watch. (laughs) 